What's up, everyone? Another good episode coming your way. I'm really pumped to be introducing you guys to Lauren Rothfeld. Lauren graduated from Salisbury University, where she had a rewarding career on the women's basketball team. Lauren graduated with a degree in exercise science and obtained her certification in personal training. After graduation, Lauren went on to represent the USA in the World Makabaya Games over in Israel, where she won a gold medal. Since then, Lauren has been involved in both personal training as well as group fitness, along with coaching youth basketball. Guys, you're going to love hearing Lauren. Such an awesome young person, very mature, very responsible, and very interesting points of view. I'm excited to present to you guys Lauren Rothfeld. Hey. Hey, Darren, what's going on? I'm good, and yourself? I'm pretty good. Well, listen, this is a this is an awesome time we're about to have here. This is an incredible honor I'm about to have right here. Come on, come on now. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, when I spoke to you last time, I was like, man, Lauren's got it going on. She's <laughs> so young, but so mature, and uh, I kind of put that in your intro, too. I'm pretty sure I did that. And I, it's like what you said, I got an old soul. You got an old soul, <laughs> and I think people need to hear it. And the purpose of doing a podcast for me is to get exposure to people that maybe are new in things, don't have maybe a big audience, or they're just regular people like myself, and they should be heard a little bit more. So. Yeah, I mean, when you asked me to be on here, I was honestly like, take it back. Because when you told me, you told me about it, the <laughs> podcast, you're like, I'm interviewing all these people who are kind of just doing it in the world and stuff like that. I'm like, whoa, I was like, I was like, why did you, I'm pretty sure I asked you, I was like, why do you want me? <laughs> I think that's a special quality about people who are special. Is they don't know it all the time. And uh, I think you definitely have a special quality and uh, I'm excited to get into some interesting conversation. That's why I got, I got into this too, is I just love talking to people and I, I, I've been silent with it in the sense that I have all these covert phone calls with people behind the scenes and nobody ever hears about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are the man of networking at this point in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> I love networking. And the networking king. <laughs> well, listen, that's very nice of you to say. Um, but I, I just think it's, it's something that, uh, you know, everybody has a voice, and if I can help them get their voice out there and uh, and grow, I think that's really important. So I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's incredible, and I think what you're doing is amazing, and I feel like more people should be about just helping get their name out there, even just talk to them in general. So I know recently you've started doing some more networking, and uh, you have been connecting with a few people uh, at the Blake, correct? Yes. Yes, correct. All people <laughs> from you. <laughs> you know, I feel like my life is changing since I've spoken to you. So, year, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're just we're just we're best besties. friends at this now point. <laughs> so, you, exactly. so how many people have you spoken to from the list of people I sent you? I have spoken to two or three and at this point. how did that go? 
They were good. I mean, great conversations. At first, the first one, I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be talking to you about. But, you know, I'm getting better as each phone call goes on. It's repetition. You know, it's like, uh, it's yeah. like shooting jump shots. Like, it's something more <laughs> analogous for you is, you know, you got to put in the reps. And phone exactly. calls are a lot like that. It's just putting in repetitions. And, and I felt like with like doing a podcast, I was like, I can do this. I've been talking constantly. <laughs> and I just have to be entertaining a little bit, ask questions and be you know, able to, you know, make the conversation flow and not be like, oh, man, I'm stiff or just like freeze up during the thing. you know? Right. I mean, it's cool to call these people I have never met. I have never even heard of um, from the other side of the country and stuff like that. And just give them a call and just see where the conversation goes and just see everything about their life and what they're doing. It just, it's cool. They want to know about me, but like, I'm more so interested about them. So it kind of goes like a back and forth asking question after question. And we're like, well, where do we start with this? So as somebody who's, you know, fairly new to networking and stuff, what do you, what do you think the, what has been the hardest part about networking starting out with it in your opinion? Uh, I'm pretty sure just, honestly like what to talk to mm -hmm. people about because there's so much that I want to know and want to learn about them but I don't know how fast to dive in how <laughs> just like get right to the point or you know like kind of schmooze them uh -huh. a little bit <laughs> and then when they ask like about me like they're like tell me a little bit about yourself I don't know how deep to go mm -hmm. into it or just give them like the bare minimum like yeah, I played basketball uh, my life is kind of going weird right now but <laughs> i just kind of take any turn that it goes so it's definitely cool and then figuring out like who to like contact and stuff like that i mean you gave me a great list of people just to get out there and get after it and i'm sure only then they're gonna give me more people and it's kind of gonna go from there so well i will say what's interesting is um you would hope that they would give you a lot of people to talk to uh, I have found in my mm -hmm. experience that that does not happen. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest on this show. All I can speak about is my experiences, and I've been networking for well over a decade. And, uh, you know, I have a few people. Uh, a shout-out to Amanda Gale. She's awesome. She definitely sends me people to talk to. Um, but it's pretty rare for me to get a lot of other people come my way from a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I'll sure, for sure pass oh, it thanks, along. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> But that was, that was awesome. <laughs> look at me. Why. Look at me networking. Yeah, look at you. Who do you think you are? <laughs> big time in me now? Like, but that's yeah. why I'm doing what I'm doing is I like to give people like eight to 10 people to talk to because, you know, that wasn't happening for me. So I saw a, a kind of a, a pathway for me to create that with other people. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And I, I appreciate it to the ends of the Well, it's intimidating <laughs> sometimes to just talk to people it's kind of like people have a fear of public speaking <laughs> yeah i mean i i send it's like i was sending some messages through like linkedin the other day and i was just happened to be at work and i was like should i say this <laughs> should i say that Ooh, i was like i feel like this is like dating is. like i might say the wrong thing <laughs> it's a lot like dating. i i go through that same thing today i was messaging some people who are new connections i'm like what do i say to them like how do i <laughs> do this and over time you know i look through people's profiles and i try to find things that i know they would want to talk about because they're probably mm -hmm. not that interested in what i have to say just about me and 
and like, oh, no, I'm doing this and that. But if you focus on what other people are doing, like where they went to school, their current job, people love to talk about what they're doing. Yeah. I find it funny when we talked, um, you were talking about to me and you're like, yeah, I wasn't even sure if you use your LinkedIn yeah. or not. Because like, you only have like 60 <laughs> connections or something like that. I was like, yeah, I'm just a LinkedIn baby over you here. You know what's funny? It's like, it didn't stop me from reaching out. I just wondered, like, if you use it. Because a lot of people actually don't check their LinkedIn. And if, if you look at the statistics for LinkedIn, the average time a person spends on there is maybe two hours a week. Um, so it's not yeah. like Instagram or Facebook and people are, their volume is much higher. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll sure. message people and I won't hear from them for months, literally a month. You're getting Just, ghosted. I got ghosted hard. <laughs> something you know i'm like no i'm selling like being nice that's about it so what other things have you experienced in your early networking i want to chat about this before we jump into basketball here (laughs) um some early networking things i mean just kind of figuring out like who to reach out to um is definitely because like i mean yeah i'm in the fitness industry but i never know if like I should just reach out to fitness industry people or just like broaden my horizons and just kind of connect with whoever. Um, I know I've had like randomly a lot of like Australian connections and I was like, I even asked you that. I was like, should I like answer back with them? <laughs> and you're like, absolutely. And I was like, all right. Definitely. Australia is awesome. I, I actually have a lady named Renelle Hobson. She's going to be on the show uh, a couple weeks from now. And, uh, doing her taping she's amazing and she's somebody that you would Mm -hmm. like you know another sports performance type coach really friendly like amazingly friendly and I think that was like you were talking to me before we got on air about uh, speaking with Julia Ayer and uh, oh yeah shout out to Julia I want to be your best friend Julia (laughs) should be everybody's best friend she took over my podcast which is fine (laughs) Um, but it, it was, was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, you got to listen to it. It's episode one. Um, but she, they're very similar and they're just, they're very easy to talk to. And that's the goal is to have people mm-hmm. on your podcast. I think that are very easy to talk to. They're not like stiff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're super easy to talk to. Cause our first conversation, like, I think what lasted like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And we were just, I was like, Oh man, I was like, I have to go. I have to close up. Yeah, work. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not common all the time with me. Like, when I spoke with Julia, it was definitely like two hours. And like, it was so funny. My <laughs> wife was inside and she was like, what are you doing out there? I'm like, I'm on one of my phone calls. She knows I make all these phone calls. She's like, that's like the longest one you've ever been on. I was like, I know. <laughs> this person is definitely going to be the first person on my podcast. Like, it was magical. And then when I talked to you, it was like a very similar thing. And so I think most of the people that I have on, it's definitely like at least an hour. Like I'm not even trying. It's just how it ends up. you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's when the conversation flows, it flows. So. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, getting back to what you were saying about, you know, who to talk to and stuff. I, I, it's good to focus on different places, you know, accept people from different places. But I, you know, my whole thing was I started locally. So I just started connecting with everybody who was in my city. And so Mm -hmm. I just went on LinkedIn and I looked up all health and fitness professionals in Las Vegas when I used to live there. And that's how I started. And then eventually I would just pick cities after that. And now I don't do that anymore because I get so many suggestions coming my way. 
and people are always reaching out to me. But in the beginning, I spent a ton of time like, okay, this week is Seattle. This week is like Cleveland, you know, this week is going to be, you know, whatever city, you know, Washington, D.C. And that's how I did it for years and to grow my network. Yeah, I mean, it worked. So (laughs) It's still growing, you know, it's it's definitely a different thing. Um, But I wanted to jump in a little bit about Basketball. So you played basketball at Salisbury University, correct? Yes. Yes, I I did. To talk about like, how was life for you, you know, in college playing basketball? You know, some of the people may be listening, as we talked about last time, probably weren't athletes. Actually, a lot of them probably weren't Mm -hmm. athletes. And (laughs) they may be interested in, you know, what your life was like. And I think people kind of glamorize athletics and oh, man, you played basketball, and then you did some stuff overseas. Tell me what your life was like. I mean, my life was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, I've been, like, playing basketball since I could walk, literally. Like, I think my first word was ball. Right. So kind of fit right in. Um, but my life was just very structured, and I think that's even more so how I am now, just how I like it. I like having – things at a certain time and knowing that I have to get my stuff done before that but playing like college athletics it's even more structured because it's not just like a two-hour practice like you have like to be in the athletic training room an hour plus before like you have to be in there an hour plus afterwards so it's even more so of your day and like you don't understand how much of your time is dedicated to that sport so having like schoolwork and like tests to study for it just whenever there was this like half hour opportunity like you just gotta crack them in the books and just do it um and you don't really get a free opportunity until 10 p.m and then all i was focused on was sleep at that point (laughs) how did you think that but i i loved my social life i mean i did play division three so i had more of a social life than most like d1 kids did but that was just a choice that i chose to go d3 because i loved basketball but i still wanted to have that college life feel so I mean most of my friends were athletes I but some of my best friends I met through like freshman orientation um and things like that so I definitely had a mix of both worlds but the only time I really saw my friends were like maybe like a Saturday night or my non-athletic friends like we would make I'd have to make like literally like plans or like dates on like Sundays to like see them (laughs) yeah and even if it was just, like, studying in, like, the library or something like that, like, so be it. At least we're, like, seeing each other. <laughs> Did you think that created a really good sense of, like, time management uh, for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still am, like, the biggest procrastinator, but at <laughs> least it really? – <laughs> I'll be I'll be first to, like, admit that. Wait, uh, and I think my mom would, too. <laughs> I don't remember us talking about this last time. You're procrastinating. Yeah. Really? Um, you don't put off that vibe. I – I like can't, I procrastinate to the point, but like I just know it's all gonna get done. Like I know I'm just at one point I'm just gonna put my head down. And I'm just gonna do it, um, and so it's just kind of how I've been. But like doing it with sports in college, it kind of like it took me away from it for sure. Like I just I knew I had to do things and I knew I had to get them done and stuff like that. So being an athlete in college definitely helped with my procrastination issue <laughs> you know it's so funny i i would have never guessed that about you like ever i mean oh like, yeah i was just texting you you know several times before the show and about like oh you're so on top of stuff like thanks for getting this back <laughs> i'll tell you like it being in the fitness business 
maybe this is true in any business. I don't know. I can only speak about the business I've been in, but like people do not get back to you. Like they're pretty bad. People what? are pretty bad. <laughs> oh no. I'll always get back to anyone. It's more so like, what do I procrastinate at? Like, like tasks or something like that, that I know I can do whenever it just, I'll just keep putting it off. Like talking to you, that's something like I want to do. I'm one of, I'm right. all about that. So that's top priority. Like, I don't know, doing my laundry. That's like last <laughs> part. <laughs> okay, you want to talk to me, but you don't want to have clean clothes. You're like, <laughs> I see how this goes. I guess that makes me sound that bad. That sounded way worse when I said it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like cl- for everybody listening, I have clean okay, clothes. <laughs> that's questionable at this point. But uh, <laughs> I was an athlete too, and uh, it's hard to keep clean clothes. When you're an athlete and you're b- burning through workout gear, even the stuff. I know, you know, did you have the stuff where they cleaned it for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, even though yeah. I had that, I was like, you know, you're just wearing athletic gear constantly all around. Well, yeah. I mean, your daily clothes are like just sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Yeah. My whole philosophy was like, I'm not going to get dressed up for class because I'm just going to get sweaty <laughs> in a couple hours. <laughs> it was funny. You could always see like the athletes walking around. It was just like, they always just look super dressed down and just like yeah. beat up and tired <laughs> and just like. It was we would make we would make fun of my teammates when they would wear like jeans one day and we're like why are you so dressed we're like why are you so dressed up <laughs> what are you doing we're gonna be at practice like it's... yeah I was like you're gonna put jeans on after practice I'm like Mm-mm. <laughs> you know what's weird I have to ask you about this is funny like I don't know how like um, like women's basketball players were but um, I would imagine you probably just were around the women's team were you around the men's team that much yeah a little, a little bit? bit for sure I mean. We always have like practice right okay. after each other, and like, well, in track, like you know, the men's and women's team are around each other all the time, and right, you know, right, you right. practice at the same time and everything, and you see each other constantly. And I remember after like practice was over, like the guys, like it was so funny. The guys would like, like really get showered, get dressed up, and stuff. It was weird. <laughs> and the girls would always go to the cafeteria dirty. It was weird. Oh, like that's <laughs> I weird. Mean, I. I would we would always shower, but I would always have to shower because I was forever in the athletic training room yeah, after practice, yeah. and you couldn't go in there unless you right. showered. I used to see that I'm like I'd be up there at like at JMU <clears throat> at uh, the cafeteria, and I'd be like, "Man, that's the same stuff they're wearing during practice. Like, what is what is that? <laughs> like, no, that that's, that's extremely <laughs> filthy. I don't know. I was like, yeah, I just had, I was like, oh, were were you guys like that too? I mean, I might be too much information but i just sweat so much so i was like i cannot sit in those same clothes yeah. afterwards. I, I, I listen i get you don't want to give up the dirt on your teammates fast okay i got it <laughs> yeah love yeah, my like i'm not going family. down i'm not going to tell on the dirty ones that was it <laughs> it's family. family i don't talk about the smelly girl who was in, next to me in the locker i don't do that oh no, man we, <clears throat> i don't know i don't even know why i asked that it's just i like i had a thought and I'm like imagining, <laughs> just remembering like that time because I'm so I'm like for you it's fairly fresh probably right all that those memories. Yeah, right. Two years ago. For me, it's like 20 years ago, <laughs> like literally 20 years ago, and I'm like, but I still like remember it very vividly and like, uh, you know, just getting up and going to class and just like, man, I got practice later. This is gonna be a long day. Yeah, the tough ones were when we would have like 6 a.m. practice and I would have 8 a.m. class. Yeah. And we'd get let out, like, five, ten minutes before, like, 8 a.m., and I'd just have to run across campus. I would just leave in my practice yeah. uniform and just sit 
sit in that class is just disgusting. Did you, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> did you ever like? Did you ever fall asleep in class? Uh, yeah, my eight a.m. history class freshman year forever. Fell asleep <laughs> like, was like every time. <laughs> it was like Thursday mornings at eight a.m. and I, I mean, like I guess I wasn't the biggest history girl, so <laughs> and the teacher would just like read from like the powerpoints. I'm like, she would like shut off the lights. I'm like, you're asking me you're to just, go to sleep. You're just creating the environment for you to go to sleep. I was like, yeah, or that. But, wow. Yeah. Other than that, I was not a sleeper in class. I mean, I was an exercise science major, so we were kind of always up, moving, doing something in class. Now, were you? Uh, now, were you? You're like, man, where are these questions come from? Uh, now, were you? Did you sit in front of the class, or do were you like the middle or back? I was the middle. Interesting. I'm a middle. You're a middle uh, class sitter. Yeah. That says sure. something about you. You know that? <laughs> you didn't know that? I just, I didn't know that. I didn't know that of being a middle. What's that I say don't know. about I me? I just think it says. <laughs> that I that I want to pay, that I want to pay attention, but I also don't want to like be that first kid in the first yeah, seat. <laughs> yeah. See, if you were in class with me, you'd be looking up at the front row and you'd be seeing me. That's what you just said. I was a front sitter in <laughs> I, every single. Time. I could see that. I I could see you being a front. And I sitter. did it so I could. I didn't want to fall asleep. Like I we had I, six a.m. pool practice, and uh, yeah, I would go to class and I would be like exhausted, and be like, man, I gotta sit in the front to stay awake, man. You know. It's funny the hit the history class I fell asleep in I was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you betrayed your middle class, middle front sitter. I uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the worst part was is like I don't know if you experienced this because JMU was a lot bigger, but like you kind of have your assigned seat that wasn't really assigned yes. to you, but you were just sitting there. Yeah, I had that for like all of my classes, and then like one time I had a chemistry final, so it's the last day of the entire semester. And I walk in, this kid's sitting in my seat. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you sitting here? I was like, you're going to ruin my mojo. I'm going to fail the final because you're in my seat. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's an interesting observation about, like, the assigned seat thing but not assigned because I think anybody listening to this would totally agree with that. Like, like oh, the first sure. day of class, you just sit somewhere and you just keep sitting there. Like, why? Absolutely. It's, uh, you get just comfortable. Right? It's where you go. Like, I sit. I sit in the middle. I'm a middle sitter. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm a middle sitter. It might, I mean, and then people who can just switch up their seat, they might they, they like change. <laughs> yeah, well, those are psychopaths. I wasn't strong enough to do that when I was in college. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to move backwards. I'm going to sit in the front. <laughs> like, now, I I would do it, but no, back, back then I was like, no, I'm sitting in the front. I also didn't want to look at other people. I just wanted to be in front. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I, it would distract yeah, I didn't want to you. Be I didn't want people to talk to me when I was in class and stuff. I don't know. Do people talk to you when you're in class? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, I'm a pretty chatty person. No, I didn't know that. I... <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. I think like my seventh grade teacher said I'd move your seat. She like told me, I was like, I'd move your seat, Lauren, but I feel like you talked to a brick wall at no, this wow, point. Wow. I was like, she, she knew all about you. Yeah, she just she called me right out. So you, so you were in class, you middle sitter, and, and you were going through. Your you say like you say like I'm beneath yeah, you, you like are. you're that front uh, sitter. Like, I was in front of you, and you just have to deal with it. Got it. <laughs> but like twenty years earlier, like you weren't even born. Like, and uh, so you were going through your day, and uh, what was the hardest part of it? You felt like. You know, it was fun, you said, but what were what were the hard parts? 
Um, I would. I never even like thought about like what was like hard. Yeah, it was just fantastic. I mean, the hard part it's like you just had like four or five classes throughout the day, and then the hard part is just like finding that energy to like give it your all and practice every single day. I mean, like. I remember getting dresser practice, like ankle braces on, practice penny, everything on, shoes on, and then just take a five minute nap on the locker room floor, just like whatever will get me yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's no joke, like practicing, it's like it's not, coach knows you got a bunch of stuff going on. Like she knows you got tests and projects and stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, like it's her job to win championships, it's her job to win games. So, she wants the most out of you every single day. And that's what I at least tried to give her. Um, so that's kind of how it was, just finding that energy and then finding that energy after practice to do the rest of your work or just go to sleep. Right. <laughs> I think that uh, a lot of people listening, maybe that weren't athletes, don't, you know, they see the games. So they come to one of your basketball games. Right. <clears throat> excuse me. And they see that time period where you're playing and they're like, Oh, this is great. The cheering and stuff. And but they don't, yeah, you don't you know. get it until you're, you're doing yeah. it. You don't under- really understand it until that's the case. And like when people are like, yeah, you like, you weren't here, you weren't there. I was like, I know I had practice. I was like, I don't want to tell you. And like when you couldn't go out on the weekends cause you have games, I'm like, uh, it's, this is my life. And, but like, it was so normal for me. Cause like I've only ever, done basketball like I my weekends were always consumed with like AAU yeah. tournaments I knew like I was gonna miss this and that but I didn't care I was like I'm going to play basketball right. so that's fun to me so yeah no I think you know it's it's definitely a lifestyle that you're in and I think people they say you're going to practice with it they, they think like you're going to like just your basketball practice you know or just no. your track practice. you're like no practice is like six hours long it's like yeah, because you might have lifting That's afterwards. Right. Or... And you got the <laughs> training room and, you know, all this stuff beforehand. I was like, man, like, we would have meetings in the hallways yeah. before time. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was the mental and physical taxing of that long stretch of time. Yeah, but, I mean, I wouldn't change any of it because who I am as a person was all brought out through basketball, like, through my coaches and everything like yeah. that. Like, all of, like, the core characteristics of who I am is – from that sport and like of course my parents but that's how I was molded through my life through all my coaches like you if you're not 15 minutes early you're late and (laughs) so I'm forever early to everything almost like the annoyance all right I'm a big (laughs) big proponent of that you know you're so positive you're making this pretty hard for me okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that you know me I like being positive but uh, I think it's good like you know, it's kind of like the social media thing of people posting all very positive things and stuff. But I think there's also <laughs> a very realistic low side of things. And I think I've asked this for everybody, but because I think it's good because people, you're going to find out. I, I don't want to be like low about this with you, but. Timmy Downer. Man, you're going to get it from me. I've been, that's why I think people who have been alive a long time, they. They see like you're like life gets really hard sometimes, you know, and it gets nah. you experience lots of lowness during your life and you experience tremendous highs. But in your basketball career, what was the lowest point for you? Um, probably when it was over. Um, I think we like talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit the last time we talked, but 
no one really ever prepared me for when the sport that you've given your heart, your soul, everything about you is finished. Like you lose that last game and you're like, Oh, like now what? And then like the team moves on without you. Like the, like the freshmen, this, the sophomores, the juniors, like things go on. Like you realize like, Oh my God, like what now? And I definitely struggle with that immensely. Mm -hmm. Like, last October because or two Octobers ago I guess you could call because it's just like I didn't know what I was supposed to do because I realized that at the strength and conditioning like place that I was going to and they sat me down and they're just like so like what are your goals and I'm like my goals and they're just like yeah Yeah. like let's start let's (laughs) yeah I was like they're like let's start small like what are your like lifting goals and I'm like "I, I don't have any and they're like what do you mean you don't have any goals and I was like I don't. And I went back and I was like, mom, do I have any goals? <laughs> she's just like, and then she's like, how would I know that? And I was like, I don't think I do. And then she was like, it was the funniest conversation. Cause she's like, that's so sad. You don't it's have so goals. <laughs> but I'm like, literally because everything I've done in my life up until that point was to become a better basketball player. Like I got good grades in school so I could stay on the floor. I trained extra hard in the off season so I could be faster, stronger. And like, almost try to be the best on the floor and you know like I did all of this revolved around basketball now that that part of my life was over I just was so lost of what to strive for um and like of course like there's those standard goals like you want to get married you want to have a family you want to have like a good job but those are like great goals but like I those aren't like I can make steps and like achieve them like I need like little baby checkpoints along the way so I guess you could say I was a little lost still am, but like, yeah, nobody really ever talks about when it's over because yeah. <laughs> um, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> to put it blank. You know what's funny? I, um, I have a hard time relating to that on some level. Um, I think that's the well, part yeah, of you... it, like these, this podcast is their conversations, you know, like your, your normal host goes, well, tell me about that. And like, other than that, you know, they don't give their, they don't give of themselves, like what they may struggle with, with that, you know? And, uh, yeah. I think for me, I, I was happy when it was done, but I was sad too. <laughs> because it was, Yeah. I know a lot of people that are happy when it's over. I wasn't one of them, but you know, for me, it wasn't like, uh, I love competing. It was, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm a big practice person too. I enjoy practicing, but I think it was just so excruciatingly painful most of the time. Right. I think that was that's what that's why in track. Well, you you're a, you're a track yeah. guy. You you liked running for fun. Well, you know, and, and quitting is very like people quit track in college, even when they have scholarships, yeah. quite a bit because it's just so painful. You know, yeah. like I I don't want to like downgrade or something, but like. I like shooting hoops. Like I'd go do it now just to do it for fun. You know, shoot some J's, do a couple layups, you know, here and there. And like people do that for right. fun. Like people, people run, run for, for fun. fun. Those, but, those people are yeah, crazy. It's a little weird. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I ran like more than anybody could run in their entire life. But I think it's like, it's kind of love hate thing. People with running, they love it, but mm-hmm. it's like, it hurts your body too a lot. You know, it's, it's Oh yeah. And I think any any like college if you played in college or anything like that your body is torn. It hurts. Up. I mean mine yeah. is. <laughs> it hurts when you're done. Like I had so many injuries that I was dealing with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was the hard part. But then you, you know? 
then you think back to them and you're like, oh, they were for a good cause. Yeah. But, but you know, I think like as an exercise professional, I think I would have handled that differently if I was the coach or if I was like, you know, in terms of like resting and how I would have structured the workouts and stuff like that. I'm very thankful to my coaches. They were, they were very good, but mm-hmm. they only knew what they knew. Like my, my, my head coach, he was like a math major in college, you know, yeah. like he wasn't really an athlete per se. And, uh, he did his best with research and stuff. But I think my, my biggest struggle as an athlete was it was just the grind was so incredibly painful, like on a daily basis. Like every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it hurt. But I mean, I feel like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know what? It just makes you, you, okay? <laughs> it makes you, it makes you like, I think back, yeah, I've had some practices that were just like hell. <laughs> like we just ran. Um, but I like I don't know because I've seen the coaching side of it, yeah. and I, so I've seen both sides, and I'm like, oh, these girls absolutely deserve to be doing this like yeah. right now. Yeah. So I think that's why I have such a weird outlook on it. Like I'm sure if you ask any one of my teammates, they would think completely <laughs> differently. But great, I got you. <laughs> so like okay. I, I yeah, I see I see both sides because I yeah. was that coach and. Yeah, it was just a different different feel. And I was like, man, like, I think after my, like, first week being um, the assistant coach at Emory, I was just like, <laughs> I texted my coach. I'm like, man, I'm sorry, like, because these girls are killing me right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, It's just a different life, you know, when you're doing it. And it is, you know, it's all of the workouts, all of the training and stuff, which I, I never minded. It was just that, like, I was always tired all the time. And uh, yeah. Oh yeah, constant tired. tired. But... <laughs> that, that was my that was my hang up. It was like I never felt fresh except except when we reported to basically early to school <clears throat> to start right. practice, and it was just like I think that's a lot of athletes. Just like you get tired of being in pain and like 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 constant <laughs> aching all the time. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I sure. it, I would not, I wouldn't change my situation either. It completely ironed me. It gave me it hardened me in a good way, and I still train very similar to what I did in terms of like, yeah. I don't run as much, but you know, my intensity is still extremely high when I work oh, Absolutely. Out. You got that competitive yes. side in you. That's just... Yes. Because <laughs> competing is really important. So, um, you know, look at you, you're just so happy and goody two shoot about it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You didn't have, really ask me anything hard. You asked wow. me about basketball. That's <laughs> I love basketball, so. (laughs) Oh, buckle up. up (laughs) So we were talking about when, you know, kind of the the sense of being uh, lost. And I think, you know, as as you get older, you'll probably experience that again in your life and and other areas and stuff. (sighs) Um, It just happens, I think, in life. But how do you feel like you've rebounded from that? How do you start moving on from that feeling? Oh, man, have I (laughs) no I mean I when I got back from Atlanta because I knew coaching just wasn't for me and I got back so like I was living on my own I moved home um I was just and then like my parents were like all right start like applying for jobs and I remember just opening up the computer and like being on like indeed.com and I'm just like I didn't know what to search like I'm like what am I supposed to be looking for um like because I think, like, we talked about it all throughout school. I thought I was going to go on to physical therapy mm-hmm. school, become a physical therapist and everything like that. Um, and then that's all I focused on was that and basketball. So I did everything I needed to do, like, prereqs and everything like that. And 
when I started doing that internship, my second semester of senior year and like basketball was already over and I realized that I thought it was like not for me. Like it was boring, honestly, because it was the same thing every day with just a different person and like they just didn't really want to be there. And I was like, wow, like I had like a before quarter life crisis and I was like, (laughs) this is what I focused all four years on and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, So that's why I was, I've been or I was so lost because I spent all those four years just so narrow sighted on physical therapy school that I didn't even give anything else another chance. Like I'm sure I had classes that introduced all these cool things you can do with like an exercise science degree and stuff like that. But I wasn't listening to that. I was like, I knew what I'm going to do. Like I'm done. Um, So then now that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm just trying to figure out what else is out there. Uh, Cause I've, I know that there's something I say all the time, but like, I know that there's this cool job out there for me that I'm going to love. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what it is, but it's out, it's there. out there. At some point. You're gonna- but it was, it was, it was definitely like a very low, just when I had to start like applying for jobs and not knowing anything about, like, I knew I wanted to do fitness, but I don't know. Nothing really was like sticking out to me or anything like that. And like, of course, my parents helped me along the way. Um, but yeah, that was Yeah, It was just a bad time. <laughs> so standing here today, you know, where do you, where do you see yourself in terms, like emotionally, socially, physically? Where are you at in your life right now? Um, physically, I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, emotionally, I mean... I'm not a big emotional person, so I'm always happy. I'm always joking around, like, but I'm always looking for the future. Um, right now, I know I'm not set in like my job, my career right now, but it's like it's stable. Um, but I just, you know, I have that like I'm not satisfied, right. and I think that's my biggest thing lately. Is especially since graduating, because I mean I've had more jobs than all of my friends put together since graduating college. Like I've just kind of been moving on to the next one, checking things off of what I don't want. And it's great. Like I take nothing away from those um, experiences, but it's not getting any easier or any closer to where I want to be, but I don't even know where that is. Right. You know, you said like you're not an emotional person. Uh, Explain that a little bit more. I'm just curious. Oh, like I, I don't know. I don't like, I'm not a stressed out person. Like I don't, this whole stressed feeling I never get. Um, I'm not like an anxious person. I don't have any anxiety stuff. I very rarely cry. <laughs> um, I'm just like, I literally just look on the bright side of yeah. everything. Like, yeah, I get annoyed like every other person does. And like people piss me off, but I kind of take the road of, all right, I'm just not going to talk to you. Like, I'm just going to cool myself yeah. down. And before I say anything really bad, uh, and things like that. I don't take anything all that to heart. Because um, I know like people say things out uh, like out of the blue. And like they might not mean that at the time. I'm than they actually did mean it. So like humans are humans. They're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. But it's kind of just how I looked at it. My, I think anybody who, met, who meets me knows that like I'm not like super overly like emotional. <laughs> right. So you're not crying in movies and things like very similar. 
You know, I did cry at a Star is Born, but that's about it. You know what? I just watched that, actually. I don't know why. I'm a big movie person, and I usually go to movies all Mm -hmm. the time, but I didn't go to that for some reason. And I just watched it. That's great. That was pretty good, but, you know, it was kind of a downer, too, a little bit. Well, yeah, it was a big downer, but I think it was meant to... It was meant to make you cry. <laughs> I, I'm a big, I, I'm going to say it right here. I am a hugely sentimental You're a big cry? person. Like I, really? Yeah, you, does that surprise you? Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And sentimental in what sense? Like, you know what? I, cause I feel like I'm sentimental. Like I, interesting. I don't okay. know. I, th- I think I'm like, of, I always say this. I think I'm like just a really, I guess I'm thoughtful, Mm -hmm. you could say, because I love doing things for people that is going to make them smile. And I know that it's going to make their day. That's nice. And I know I don't expect any of that in return. And I feel like that's how you are. Like you do all these great things for people and you're not really expecting anything in return. You're just doing it to help them out. Yeah, I know. I am that way. I I never ask things back for people. I like to like meet people and pay for their coffee or dinner and stuff like that. Right. It's, It's just nice things to do but i think for me like i i'm a pretty even killed person but i also like i can be very emotional like i was watching christopher robin on netflix with my daughter she's (laughs) seven years old and i watch it with my wife my daughter and i were watching it and it's like it's a pretty good movie it's actually really good and it uh that was kind of a big thing for me growing up winnie the pooh and stuff like that and it was so amazing there was lots of really like poignant scenes in the movie mm-hmm. uh lots of like Pooh was basically like a philosopher in the movie it's hilarious and he says all these really amazing things and he, he said a couple things and it, it made me start crying during the movie oh and my wow. wife's crying and my daughter's stone-faced she's like that was sad <laughs> you know? well well i'll have to i'll have to watch it and i'll, I'll update you if it's i cry really good <laughs> i'm telling you it's like you know, he talks about like a big concept about doing nothing you know in the hundred acre woods you know if you do nothing you end up doing something at some point you know and and uh it it was a lot about like growing up and you know not letting go of the things that were special for you growing up you know and like the ideas and that gets me really choked up when thinking about stuff like that just i love hugging people i love oh i'm a big hugger i get that from my i get that from my dad oh your dad really (laughs) Yeah, my dad is a big like hugger and just like he's always going to be like touching your shoulder oh, or something like that. I'm like, that's like me. I'm very similar. I learned that from yep. my grandmother who recently passed away. Yeah. And she like would give you like the 30 second hug. <laughs> yeah, my my dad's like hugging people he shouldn't. And it's like he's hugging like my high school basketball yeah. coach who just like I'm like I'm like looking across the court. I'm like, what are you like doing? That's something that live <laughs> You know, yeah, I would say like for me, like I'm also like I'm very into telling people how I feel about them. So mm-hmm. I'm very expressive in that way. So like if I like somebody and I feel like they're a friend of mine, I'll tell them that I, I love that they're my friend. And I'll tell, yeah. you know, I tell my wife, I'm like, man, I'm so thankful you're my wife or I tell my daughter. You're like, you're such a good kid. I'm grateful to have you and stuff. I it makes people uncomfortable. I understand sometimes, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's so wonderful. I, I have to tell people, I'm like, man, you're like, when I ran a club for over a decade, I would always tell the staff, like how much they mean to me. I'll write them letters and stuff. Right. And it was like, see, look love, at you, man. look at you being all happy. Yeah, see, you know, it's hurt. <laughs> I could be, I'm happy. 
Look at that. I brought the happiness out of you. It's a collaborative effort here, you know? I just, I I like doing that. And so like, like when we were talking uh, the other time and we're connecting, you're chatting, I'm like, and I just told you, I said, man, thank you for getting back to me. It's so great. Like it's, you know, people, I don't think they tell each other enough how they feel about each other. You know, I, I agree. I think it's so important, like, because that's the thing, like, when somebody passes away or they're not in your life, you regret, like, not telling them how you feel, feel about them. Oh, absolutely. And I never had that I think just, ever. I think people take other people, just, like, the relationships they have for granted sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, like, you've been friends for, like, over, like, 12 years, but, like, what are you really doing in that friendship and stuff like that? Like, how are you showing that, like, they mean something to you, which is why... I think I do like the things that I do. Like I do some things special for like their birthday or something like that. Just to make sure they know that like I'm always here for them and they know that. And like, you don't have to like talk to them every day or every week to just know that they're your friend. Like I have friends out in California that I just randomly sent her socks with like my face on it. And I was just (laughs) like, (laughs) she's like, this is the best gift i've ever received <laughs> wow that's pretty amazing yeah just like things that they know that like you're there you care so you were talking about doing things that you know um to show that you care so you feel like are you are you a sayer with things or are you more of like a giving, giving people things? I think I'm a giving people things. I mean, I'm good with my words in a sense like that, but I think I show it through things or my actions more than my words, I guess you could say. <laughs> so how do you decide who you're going to spend time with? <laughs> um, I don't know. Anyone can really hit me up and I'll spend time with them. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how I saw that going. I don't pick and I don't pick and choose like oh no I don't like you I'm not hanging out with you <laughs> no I'm just I like I like people who one bring like joy into my life I don't like Debbie Downers I don't like people who are always complaining or like really selfish people who it's always about them um, you know like everybody wants people in their life who are gonna provide I don't know good vibes to their life you don't want to hang out with that person who's always just gonna like bring you down <laughs> totally get it I, I feel the same exact way it's uh i think some of the questions i have are based of where i'm at in my life you know and, yeah like, a lot of people that i know are like my age like 40 41 <clears throat> and you know it's sometimes life starts getting pared down quite a bit at this age you don't have as many friendships Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're very close to few people um, because you get busier with life, with family, and you know more responsibilities and work and stuff like that. Especially when you have a child, it becomes a ton of work. Yeah, I think like it was also hard when like basketball ended and like you realize some of your teammates like the only thing you had in common. Was... Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> you know what? That's an awesome thing to discuss because. I had that with, I would say, the majority of my teammates. I am sorry if they mm-hmm. listen to this. And I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. And like, I didn't have a lot in common with the, like 90% of my team. And right. I, right. And like, you're always going to be like family because you went through something 
incredible together but you realize like after you're out of it like when you don't talk all that much you're like well it's not like i'm missing them like you know so that was definitely a weird thing to encounter when you're just like i have nothing to talk to you about (laughs) but like basketball stories it's uh (laughs) you know what that is often what's called a relationship of convenience and because you were doing the same thing at the same time in your life it was very convenient to be around each other and be friendly but as soon Mm -hmm. as you're done it's like well what else what do we really have together right and like granted like when you're in college you make friends with these people who are from different states than you and like long distance relationships are tough Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you do you slowly realize that like those people were out of like convenience and like it doesn't take anything away from the friendship it's not like i don't like them anymore it's just you realize that like oh like we really didn't have much in common (laughs) you summed that up incredibly well i mean i i had a very similar experience it's it's not like we you know i wasn't friendly i to this day I, i have very fond memories of my teammates but i just we didn't have that thing, you know, just, it was right. very convenient. And, uh, you know, they actually, they all, a lot of them go back to like, you know, the yearly runs that the, you know, like five K's and stuff. And I have never gone back once. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's strange probably for a lot of people about me. Yeah, no, I like look forward to my alumni game, even though I've only played <laughs> in it once, <laughs> but it's always good to just see everybody again. And of course there's those people that like are clearly still your friends, but you just like, can't seem to get it together to hang out. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we're very different maybe in that way. Like you, it seems like you probably will enjoy going to that regularly over years, maybe. Um, yeah. Me, I, yeah. I never have the feeling to want to go back ever. Like it never hits me like ever. Like, Oh, I should go That's interesting. back. And like, I also think it's different. Like, with track and with like basketball because like we are because like track it's very individualized like it's very you versus the world but you're also part of this team whether like basketball it's like these five people on the floor right now like they are like my blood like I will go to war for them and like we're all trying to do and accomplish the same thing and so like you go through highs and lows with that that I think brings you a little bit closer than track. And I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, you have like sometimes, you know, 100 plus people on a team, you know, you can have 50 right. something. Yeah. I can't remember the amount of people on our team, but I remember I was, I mean, if I look back at it, I felt like I was very much on the outside looking in a lot of it. Um, I just, oh, did, really? um, I, I felt like I was always searching for the type of person that was more like me. And that I didn't exist as a copy of myself there. Oh. That sounded very scientific and weird. That did. (laughs) I felt like I was. Did you just think that, like, they, why? They just weren't like you? They weren't, like, raised like you or anything like that? Um, Yeah. I mean, maybe not as much on that. I just think our personalities were so different. You know what? This podcast is about being honest. And I, I want to be really honest. I feel like I'm holding back a little bit when I'm telling you. Hit me with it. I don't know if you can sense it, but <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of my teammates were, they were all about like locker room talk. And mm. like guys' locker room talk is pretty filthy. It's pretty nasty. I don't know <laughs> if you're aware, but it's a. I, I it's couldn't even imagine what young 20 something year old guys talk about, which is about women most of the time. And right. 
the things they're doing with women. And I just wasn't like that. I just, right. I, I didn't like that. I, my mother raised me to be very respectful to women. And, you know, I wanted to be in a relationship, a very loving, committed, long-term relationship at like 18. And that was not a thing for most of my teammates. In college, for, for sure. So no. it's kind of weird. And I, you know, I, I think almost like my language is a little different, you know, like how I spoke. And um, so I'd never mm-hmm. seen anybody that was really like me. There was no copies of me in a sense. So I felt very alone right. in, many, in many ways. Um, because I wasn't trying to go to everybody's party. I wasn't trying to have these vulgar conversations about women and body parts and, and all of that right. and, and sexual escapades. It just, it, it made me a square, honestly, to a lot of people. Am I? <laughs> you definitely were not a square. <laughs> it, made me, it made me kind of more, probably self, self, you know, imposed social. Yeah, but you, you, you stuck to your, like, you're stuck to your roots. You stuck to who you were and you didn't, you didn't conform. So I think that says a lot about your personality. Thank you. Because I know a lot of people who be in that situation who would just conform right away. They try to be this person who they weren't. And like people, I mean, at least I can see right through that. I was like, no, (laughs) that's not you. (laughs) I remember one guy, he was such an awesome guy. I think, I, I think he's an awesome guy to this day, but I remember just walking he was walking with me. I don't. I don't think I've ever told anybody this story. So you're exclusively getting this story. Oh, yeah. Really buckle, buckle your seatbelts. I don't share a lot of stuff from like 20 years ago. I was very different. I was very similar, <laughs> but very different. But I remember we were walking to one of the like other food places, like a pizza place at JMU, and he was a freshman and I was a junior. And he's like, "Man, Parker, you you like you like one of those pretty dudes, you know." He's like, you were light-skinned and stuff. He's like, I bet you're getting all, all this, you know what, you know? And I was like, no. I was like, first of all, I don't talk like that. And secondly, huh? I just, that's just not my thing. You know, like, I'm not trying right. to be like that. I, I want to I meet somebody and, you know, have a good conversation yeah. and, and, and take it that way. You know, I think he thought I was from another planet. <laughs> I mean, there's also the big difference between men's sports and women's sports as well. What do you think how... I mean, like, in our locker room, our locker room talk, quote-unquote, was, like, about, like, peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwiches. Like, <laughs> or, like, who ate the last pack of fruit snacks in, like, the fridge or something like that. But, yeah, we didn't, like, talk about that. Like, we would always talk about, like, guys and, like, relationships, but it would never be like that. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't, like, graphic. No. no, it was never graphic. It was always, like, oh, he's a jerk, or, <laughs> <laughs> like, we would always, we would always just take our, like, girls back. Like, the guy's the always guy was always wrong, right? He's a jerk. <laughs> like... Yeah, of course. Come on. <laughs> like, come on. How do you not know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would actually would have done well in your locker room. I'd have been like, "Oh yeah, like." <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, peanut, peanut butter and jelly." jelly. You know? I'm in. Not like a fruit or anything. It's just that uh, it it was like my business partner of the day. He was asking me about like you know, my brother's uh, like a hip hop artist and he tours the world and stuff. And he's he's an awesome guy and he's very motivational hip hop music. He was in Lithuania for a month performing uh, last month, and uh, my. He was like, do your brother, I want to talk about women with you and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm like, no, I'm like, I really don't want to know what he's up to. I'm like, right. <laughs> he's, he's doing, doing him. him, whatever he's doing, whoever, who. And 
that's his business. And uh, I just never connected on that level with stuff like that, you know. Right. I mean, like, you have and you have your friends that you're comfortable enough to open up about yeah. that stuff with, or, like, you don't. It's like, you have those, like, tight-knit, super tight-knit friends that are going to, you're going to want to be, feel comfortable telling things yeah. to. And yeah. For those, I mean, it goes back to, like, seeing which teammates were, like, your real life friends and right. stuff like that. I didn't carry that with me. I, I, like, if you looked at my set of friends from now to back then, I've carried maybe one person throughout that time. Yeah. I'm interesting. I'm like very interested to see who will be in my life in like the next 10 years. Cause I mean, I'm already kind of in the point in my life. I know it's going to make me sound like older than I am, but I'm already seeing who brings value to my life and like who doesn't. And like who it's just like, you just kind of try to like lose the friendship or it will still be there, but you're not going to put as much effort into it because you know, it's, it's like, gonna die out or it's like not for you and things like that i mean right now a lot of my friends i've made through the other gym that i work at and they're in like their like late 20s like 28 to like i don't even have like friends who are like 40 like it's just i've i've always been friends with people who have been older Mm -hmm. than me i think i just relate a little bit more to them than people always my age like i've always been that ever since like high school like high school basketball i was always friends with like the juniors and the seniors rather than the uh, people my age so you know it's interesting i think you know as you, as you get older you you know you start as you get in the workforce you start you know connecting with people who are considerably older than you have worked for a long time yeah. and you start gaining some different perspectives on life than that so what have you experienced in fitness so far like your impressions of the industry so far being in it um the fitness industry i think from the outside like when i say people ask like what i do and i'm like i'm a personal trainer they look at me like i don't have a job like a (laughs) real job like a quote-unquote real job and they're like oh you're just doing this for fun and i'm like no like (laughs) but in reality when i see myself i'm like i'm a personal trainer but i do so much more than fitness with my clients like if like I told you last time we talked, if they come in super stressed out, which most of them do, and we just talk for that hour and a half that they're with me, like I've done more for them than making them go through this whole workout. Yeah. Like I'm essentially a a therapist without a therapy, like a right. psychiatric like a degree. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a great listener. Um, I'll provide insight if they need, but most people just need to talk. They need to let it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fitness industry, it, it's it's hard you know like I felt a weird sense when I worked at like a big name club I felt like a weird sense of the pricing and like the package pricing I didn't think training with me for an hour should essentially cost $80 I was just like like I don't feel comfortable selling that like I don't I didn't feel like my worth was that much and like they're like you gotta get comfortable with that and I was like ah all right but it's like it's it depends where you go because I mean I've been in so many different parts that some gyms are all about the money and they just want you getting more people in getting more people in they're not about just holding on to them and I'm like a relationship builder like if I have you as my client like we're gonna talk we're gonna like I'm gonna know what's going on in your life like we're not just here to like lift some weights and like get out yeah (laughs) you know it's um 
it's fascinating talking to you because like you're like where I was many years ago and you know the thought process but I'm, I'm still very I'm kind of similar in your thought process like I, I consider myself a very good fitness professional trainer and whole deal but there's like a limit I'm like I don't know if people should be paying this much to be you know I'm like right. and I know that like there could be people who are going to listen to this go don't do that. Don't say that. Like, you know, get as much money as possible. No, but it's not, it's not about the money for me. Like it, like, I mean, yeah, of course I want to make a sustainable living to like be independent on my own. Of course, that's always a goal, but if it's going to like cut into my core values, like I'm not going to sacrifice that for money. Like, I'm not going to change who I am just to make another couple bucks. That's just, it goes against everything I've ever been taught. (laughs) In the same way, very similar. So what do you, what are your other thoughts, like, in terms about fitness and social media and technology? I think we went over this. You asked me how it felt to be a millennial. I did ask you that. I'm very fascinated by your, your generation. I really am. Yeah, I mean, I... Social media is insane. Like, there's no way around it. It's either you get on board or you're just going to get left behind. Like, so that stuff, I think it's just not going to go away. So people just have to kind of get more accustomed to being on social media. I think some people take it a little bit too far, taking a bunch of pictures of their food before they eat, like making sure everybody knows that they are eating an omelet. I'm like, great. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like, I think... I think people call it like the food eats first. I'm like, no, Lauren eats yeah, first. Hungry, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when my food gets delivered, I'm like, oh man, it looks so pretty. I'm like, no, nah, like get in my belly. <laughs> That's pretty um, But yeah, I think like the fitness world goes hand in hand with social media because how to get your name out there or get people to know that like you're doing this, like you have to be on social media almost in a sense. Like it, word of mouth can only get you so far. Um, so like posting like workouts that you do or stuff like that, like, you know, people are going to like DM you on Instagram or like Snapchat or Facebook just saying like, Oh, I want to steal this workout. I'm like, go for it. Like, let me know how you do. Right. (laughs) So I think in a sense, like the fitness world and social media go are like going to be tied hand in hand for a long time. That's probably true. You know, I, uh, this is a this is gonna be about my struggles this podcast, I swear. It's gonna be like I struggle with this <laughs> tremendously. And I know Justin Hager does too, who you talked to earlier today. And yeah, great the guy. authenticity and the you know, the virtuous nature of being on social media. I and agree. I think it's very difficult. Uh, like for me, like listen, you know, with my live online training business, I could easily have an Instagram page and start putting up like pictures of me training people with my tripod and all this stuff and workouts. Right. I just don't want to. Like I just I, I just agree. don't care that much and it doesn't feel like it's something I should do. You know, even though right. all the world might say it's just uh you know, like you see like a lot of people posting and you know, you know, you know, you see the pictures of people like they're doing all these poses and stuff. Yeah, and it's like that's not like, real. Who's doing all these poses <laughs> with their ass sticking out constantly? Like, yeah, well, first of all, they post these pictures and they have a face full of makeup. They got these fresh leggings on and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't look like that. When I like out. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna post a picture of me working out, like I'm gonna be the sweaty, disgusting mess that I am, okay. and I'm 
I'm gonna show you that. Like, I'll put that on my Instagram. I'll put a selfie of me like in my shirts, like a completely different color from sweat. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, that was legit. That was a legit <laughs> deal happening there. Yeah. Know? So, and like nobody looks pretty working out. Like you take oh. videos of people, like because at my other job, I gotta like video the class and stuff like that. And like nobody looks good working no. out. Like. When I, you're telling me when I'm doing like burpees, I look like a like a model. No, no. <laughs> like I look like I'm dying because I am. <laughs> it's all this, you know. I think I struggle with this whole kind of curated picture taking. You know, it's like go on vacation, go work out, and like set up for the picture and yeah. stuff. I know, but it goes back to like people, and we talked about it, like not being in the moment yeah. anymore. Like people who go to concerts and the videotape entire- the whole concert, and I'm like. I was like, if I wanted to go, I would have bought a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I think about like how crazy. But like it is. people, yeah, people are glued to these like six, six inch like pieces of like I don't even know like wires, yeah. and I'm just like, pick your head up, like enjoy, enjoy the, the world. Pick your head up, look at stuff. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, I always like tell people like my age, I'm like because I remember not having any of this stuff. Like it didn't exist. I wish we did it. Yeah. And you know what's funny? If you would have been at a restaurant when I was like 20 and you brought out like an old school camera and you were taking a picture of your food, everybody would have been like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why, what are you doing? I could, like, that's stupid. The old, the, the disposable yeah. cameras. First of all, they'd be like, who does that? And it's amazing <laughs> that's become so common. Like when I go, I was on a plane the other day. And these, these women, they were literally, and it could be men, doesn't matter, anybody. They're taking selfies in the aisle and oh, they're sitting yeah. there trying to get it right in the seat in the plane and, you know, pulling oh, the yeah. hair back and stuff. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> I'm like, right. And, like, I'll take selfies and stuff like that, like, going out with, like, friends sure. and things like that. But after that, it's just, like, I want to hang out with you. I want to be face-to-face, like, don't be buried in your phone the whole time because yeah. you're not living like if you're doing that like you're you're missing what's going on around you and yeah so yeah that's how it is <laughs> that's that's you know mic drop you that's drop it. It right there. Like, don't do that to me <laughs> so yeah that's how it is <laughs> yeah that's how i'm not a millennial yeah, you're, you're technically in that timeline but i would definitely not I consider like your one. mentality to be like that and you know i was on this kick like maybe two months ago where i would talk to every millennial i would see and i would ask (laughs) them all these questions about it and uh because you know why i'm gonna tell you why i started this because one of my clients is a clinical psychologist and she studies like millennial culture disordered eating sexual dysfunction all this stuff and she goes "You, you know one of the biggest problems with millennial culture is i said no i don't i don't know she goes uh, there's three big problems, and I'm about to lay them on you right here. And I was like, really? Oh. And she goes, one, <laughs> sexual dysfunction is a huge problem with male millennials. Male millennials. Uh-huh. She says, two, they watch too much porn. The whole thing. I'm like, she's telling me this. I'm like, hey, we're going to keep it real. Let's just get in this. And the inability <laughs> to form close relationships with people over time. Yeah. And she's like, there's a huge amount of research about it, and she's like, it's actually going to create a lot of sexual dysfunction um, specialists in the future for that. And I was like, this is crazy. So I just started asking millennials about those three things. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more pressure on like mm-hmm. kids my age today and even what do you younger. Mean? What does that mean? I think like pressure and more so like looks wise because they see people on TV or stuff like that. And like they see these Instagram models and like that's not how some people look. And they just they want to strive for like the super tan bodies, a super thin waist. Like it's just like a lot of pressure in that sense. And I'm just like, I mean, that's totally not me, but I like see people and like I even train some of them. They're like, "Oh, I'm so fat." I'm like, "You weigh like a hundred pounds, soaking wet. Like, how are you fat?" Your perception of yourself, you know. Yeah, like they're not comfortable with who they are. Honestly, it's what it comes down to, and that sucks. Well, <laughs> get Lauren again. That that sucks. <laughs> like, well, what do you think? Because I told you, like I I'm pretty comfortable in like my skin. I, I totally like, get that, but. How did you, well, two parts here. How did you come to that? And number right. two, how, like, I feel like for, for females, that is a very big issue, at least in my travels. What right. do you, tell me, talk about that. All right. So I'll go with part one. How did I become comfortable in my own mm-hmm. skin? Um, it's actually like, I actually know the exact moment Ooh. that it, it all happened. <laughs> I was in Israel for the first time and I was on a trip called Birthright which is amazing. You get to travel Israel for 10 days. Um, And I was with a group that they're not who they're like sorority and fraternity guys and girls. And like, that is so not me. Right. They were all about like the picture taking and stuff like that. And like trying to get on the Wi-Fi first to see you could like Instagram (laughs) first and like all this. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then, so one of our like couple like last nights or two, they take us out. Um, in the desert and we go like spend the night with uh the bedouins who just live out in the middle of the desert and we rode camels it was awesome but at night they took us out of the gates and like we went out into like the big old desert and they just sat us down like 10 feet apart from each other and we just like kind of stargazed and it was beautiful like i've never seen so many shooting stars in my life and i'm just like sitting there and like because when people tell me to reflect i'm like i'm not gonna reflect i'm just gonna sit here but like i actually did and I was, like, thinking about the trip, and I was just thinking about myself and how I wasn't, like, the people on my trip. And I was just, like, and I'm totally cool with that. Like, I know that I'm, like, a girl who would rather be, like, in basketball shorts than, like, a ball gown. Or, like, I know that I'm a girl that I'd rather be in sneakers and high heels. I'd rather be super sweaty than going shopping or something like that. Like, And I was, like, yeah, that's who I am. And. I'm okay with that because I know that there's people out there who are going to like me for me. And I was like, and that's kind of where I, because I was always on basketball teams. I was always around people who were like me. And then this was kind of like the first scenario where I was with people who were completely Mm -hmm. unlike me, did not understand my lifestyle or anything like that. They're like, you mean you like want to work out while we're (laughs) over here? I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, when I get back, I have a season to go do. Like, so it was just it came to me and I was like I like went home and I was like talking to my parents about it and my mom was just like Lauren like you've kind of always been like that like I was the super big tomboy growing up and like I would I had an older brother and I saw what he was wearing and I was like well why would I have to put on a dress when I can wear like a flannel like what he's wearing (laughs) my mom said it was a pain to like dress me up or like have me wear my hair down but like she just kind of let me go and eventually I like started doing things on my own and I'm just very 
I guess you could say confident in who I am. And like, I'm not, it goes back to like, I'm not going to change for anybody. Like this is me cut and dry. Like <laughs> what'd you get is what'd you get. You get sarcastic. Yeah. You get always trying to joke around like very rarely serious. Um, and that's me. And it goes back to like the people these days, like girls on like the like influences and how they have, they feel like they have to go up to all these standards. It's just, I think it goes back to like insecurities and how people feel in their own skin. And it's a shame for people who literally look amazing and are gorgeous head to toe. And they don't feel that way about themselves. Yeah. Well said. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like men have it too a little bit, but definitely women. Um, Cause if you're not a certain size or if you're not wearing makeup, like people won't think you're pretty. And I'm like, there's people out there who will. Totally. First of all, that's amazing. Um, and it makes me respect you even more. For sure. Like, uh, Well, thank you. I got, but I got that sense the minute I started talking to you. I, I got that sense about <laughs> you when we talked before. And I think I'm drawn to people who see themselves as good enough. They, like, this is who I am. This is, somebody's going to take me from me. And I heavily mm-hmm. identify with that because I remember when I was 16, and, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be cooler. I was not very cool. And, uh, and <laughs> I was trying to, like, do I'm, things. I'm sure you yeah, were cool. Just wasn't, eh. And I was trying to, like, not be myself, you know. And I remember my mom said, you know, it's okay. One day somebody is going to take you for you. You know, it's, you just have yeah. to give it some time. But who you are will be good enough for somebody else and other people, you know. And she was so right. She was so right. As I got older, my personality became way more valuable to people as I got right. older. So it just kind of got a hold on over time, you know. Right. I'm, I'm glad you didn't change. <laughs> I, I felt so awkward as a teenager. I was all over the place internally. It probably didn't look like it, but internally. Oh, see, I was, I was awkward from the outside. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like. I'm probably the same height I was in like yeah. seventh grade. I'm like five nine, but like I was all bone yeah. and skin, yeah. <laughs> like just super long arms and just long limbs and just no muscle on them at yeah, all. That's, that's funny. Like I, I, I never had that. I was I looked like a, a very like you're a standard athlete. I was very muscular mm-hmm. in high school, and I like if you looked at me then, a picture of me then and now, I looked literally exactly the same. Except that I have hair now. Oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, my look is very different. You know, I have like a blonde streak to my hair. And it's, it's like a whole different thing, you know, growing up for me. <laughs> you're, su- you're super yeah, cool now. now. Like, that's that's what you're trying to mom, say. <laughs> you know, I flew back to New York to see um, my parents and stuff. And and uh, I saw a bunch of my aunts. And they were all like, oh, my gosh, you look, you look so different. Like, wow, if you weren't my <laughs> nephew, I would definitely be hitting on you and stuff. And oh, like, my God. This is awkward for me. <laughs> Uh, this is somewhat this is weird. weird but like you know like my mom goes you look so much more gq now and like you know like <laughs> it's just it's just a different look i look definitely very different than people remember me and uh but that was like right. a choice i wanted to just do something different but i i looked the part in high school i looked like your popular jock athlete that you think everybody would be very into and and i was nothing like that personality wise nothing <laughs> like that so yeah I, I really don't know if how different i was 
back then than I am now. I mean, I was probably super <laughs> awkward, even more awkward than I am now. <laughs> that's not that's not saying that I'm not awkward now because I don't think I grew out of yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, you yourself to some extent over the course of your life, you know, on some levels, Lauren, you'll have what you're exhibiting here will be with you for a long time on some level. You know, it's the, I hope, I hope so. so too, but it'll, yeah. you know, things change. You, you enhance that. I think it's important to grow and enhance the version of yourself who you are, you know, and it's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, I, and it's not like I came to all of these on my own. Like, of course, like I, like my parents, I have to thank for cause they, I was raised in like just a very, loving and like joking family like we always laugh like we always like poke fun at people and it's great like my I always say my mom has three kids like me my brother (laughs) your dad dad, my dad just (laughs) my dad just like the biggest goofball out there and like (laughs) but like we we love it and like they just they raised us right like and I to this I always joke with my mom I was like when I have kids they're gonna go and like live with you until like they're good and like you you made them into like what I'm like (laughs) 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 and uh, she just like laughs and I was like well I don't really know how you did it about like you know a lot of people they'll say oh you know mother-daughter relationships but tell me about the special relationship between you and your father me and my dad he's just like a goof I like I always say like my mom's my best friend but like me and my dad had that super great bond of like through basketball um and like he was at every single one of my games like I think I could remember like a total of three games that he wasn't at like he was always there (laughs) we always laugh at like when he would rebound for me because like the ball would go off the rim wrong he'd be like oh you got that one oh you got that one I'm like so like what are you here for (laughs) But he would, he's always like my biggest supporter. And like sometimes, like, I know he's not good with like words, and but like I know what he's trying to say. And like, I know that he's always going to be in my corner. He just wants the best for me. And like, he always has high expectations for me. And I always want to like live up to them. And I mean, my mom too, like, she's literally my best friend. So uh, that's like, you asked me last time, like, what when we were talking about goals, you're like, well, what do you want to strive for? And I was like, I always just want to make my parents proud. I do. Like I, they've given me so much in my life. And like, it's not like we had a whole, whole lot growing up. Like we were just your normal stereotypical family, but like they gave me every opportunity possible to pursue basketball, lacrosse, soccer, whatever it was. Like they helped me with that. And like, I don't think I remember them complaining once. And like, they would sit in hot, sweaty gyms all summer. Like, so I generally like my biggest, I guess you could say my biggest fear in life is just like not meeting my full potential because of how much they have provided me with and everything like that. So that's why it kind of transitions back to like my career right now. Like that's sort of where I'm stuck. Like, I feel like I'm not at that point where I have met my, like, I'm not meeting my expectations. Like I, I'm not like living up, like this isn't the best I can do. Amazing. You know? So Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So amazing. Like, <laughs> super amazing. They're probably gonna listen. They're probably gonna listen to this and like, cry or something like that. Them, <laughs> this is this is why I'm doing this for sure. Like, yeah. Well, I feel like I mean we talked about like how I'm not good with like words and expressing emotions and stuff like that because I don't think I've ever told my parents any of that. 
get ready. And, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, they'll be very shocked to hear all that, but it is true. Like, I think everybody, I wish everybody had the relationship that I have with my parents. Yeah, you know what? That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I had a very similar, like, I have, sorry, I have a very similar, I'm like, they're not gone, they're here. <laughs> I have a very similar relationship with my parents. My goal is in life have been to make them proud of me completely. My brother is yeah. the same way. And, but I also recognize that a lot of people don't get that. They do not receive. Right. And I, I didn't realize that until like college. Yeah. Cause I, I guess you could say I grew up like in a very sheltered yeah. life. Like my town is very cookie cutter. Like <laughs> nothing bad really ever yeah. happened there. Um, and I just, we went about our life and I didn't realize that like until college when like I had teammates whose parents were like divorced and like, mm-hmm. it was a bad divorce. I didn't realize how strenuous that is on people and how that influences them. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, that's when I was like, Oh my God, I am who I am yeah. because of my parents. <laughs> and like, they're like loving joking relationship. Like that's who I am. That's like what I want. And then it even stems back to like their parents and stuff like that. I was like, wow, I got lucky. <laughs> you know, you don't choose who you're born to. And I think right. a lot of people, unfortunately, at least, again, this is just my observations. Actually, my wife and I were talking about this the other day that I think that the majority of people we have known in our lives have been touched by divorce or are divorced. It's like very few people yeah. that are still married and stuff. And, you know, we've been married, it'd be 15 years this summer. And I think I saw my parents' relationship, and I was like, I want that. I want what they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I agree with that, because more than, like, half of my teammates probably were had, like, divorced parents. And some were, like like I said, super bad, and it was, it was hard seeing how affected they got through it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, I think it just my family in a whole, how they raised me was great. Like, my grandfather who it's like very ironic like I'm the youngest grandchild uh-huh. out of six and my grandfather is six five and all of my cousins are five <laughs> one maybe and here I am at here I am at five nine the youngest grandchild and I'm like you all right I was like some somebody got the height yeah. <laughs> but like I relate to him so much because like he created this giant family and he just loves to sit at dinners and just sit back and just watch oh, us all man. laugh like that's his favorite pastime and I'm like, I love doing that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but he would be the my biggest fan, but my first critic after yeah. every basketball game. And yeah. <laughs> be like, I come out of the game and be like, Pop, how'd I do? He'd know my like stats. <laughs> and he'd be like, he goes, yeah, but how about those three turnovers in the third quarter? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Everybody else is congratulating me, and here he is. Tell me how many yeah. turnovers I had. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh man, what a what a wonderful life you've had, and it sounds like you are continuing that. And uh, it's such a pleasure to speak to yep. anybody who I think is doing good things and is is really honest. And I yeah. think that's again, I, I was saying like it's the point of this whole thing is because, uh, like you said something that really hit me. And you were like, "I'm not where I want to be. I just, you know, this is where I'm stuck. I'm kind of lost. I need to." And yeah, I, I don't hear that enough from people like and I think I, I listen to tons of podcasts and it's always very polished and this person's done this and they've written this book and they've done all that. And oh, New York Times bestseller and this and that and this Harvard scientists. I'm like, I don't want any of those people on my show. I mean, they, they won't even know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I want people to be vulnerable on the show and say, hey, I, I'm struggling, you know, like I 
I'm not where I want to be, but yeah, you know, I'm, this is who I am. Very know? much. Yeah, I'm, and like that's when you asked me to be on the show, and you're just like, because you're going to be real. And like nobody, and you were very right, like nobody ever talks to the people who are just starting out in it or who like trying to become successful yeah. in either this industry or in this just life in general. And I think it goes back, like we talk, kind of talked about it. Like I had a very unrealistic expectation when I graduated college that you graduate and you get a job and that's your job for the rest of your life. Like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not, not at, at all, all, people. Not, not at, at all. all. <laughs> not at all. And, you know, people who are trying to find their way, they need a voice. They need somebody to talk to them. And I think that's always been, a, I've always felt like an underdog in my life with like people in a sense, because I was I was pretty shy and quiet growing up, and then I just I had really worked hard to break out of it. And yeah. I thought, man, you know, like it's frustrating. Like if you apply for something and nobody ever gets back to you, or you're like, man, I I want to be at that point and want somebody to speak to me about it and want to get more exposure. I'm like, what about the people who are starting out? Like they need they need a voice. If, when you yeah. can't just be like, oh, now I've I've made it, and now you can speak to me. Yeah. And, and, well, hopefully, hopefully when I make it, <laughs> I'll talk to you again. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not concerned about like, oh, all these people need to listen to this podcast and like, oh, I need to get this person so that they'll pump up my numbers and, you know, my audience. No, you are, you're a very real person and you want real people and you don't want people to sugarcoat it. Like, that's what I wish people were like to me in college. Like, don't sugarcoat when basketball is over or when you graduate or anything like that. Like, tell me how it is. <laughs> Like tell me I'm gonna I'm gonna find a point where I'm like staring at a blank computer screen on a job board. Like tell me that that's what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> that was very real. Like come on. I was like, people be real with me. Tell me when I apply to this job, it's gonna go into the internet like the email black hole and nobody's gonna get back to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, tell me that. Like tell me if I got the job or if I didn't get the tell job. Me. Yeah. And I just you know, I was saying I had a post on LinkedIn the other day about this, which was like, I'm not concerned about my audience size or my exposure size. I'm, I'm concerned mm -hmm. about the right audience, the right people. And everybody right. I asked to be on the show and like, I don't, you know, my thing is not like, oh, people are asking me. I don't wait for that. I ask people to be on the show. I don't wait for people to submit to be on my show. I ask yeah. people because I want them to know that I wanted them that they didn't they weren't just yeah. coming after me for something or they saw my profile i mean it makes you feel for people who are listening it makes you feel good when he wants <laughs> you on your show because <laughs> then it, you kind of like oh my god I, I have to think of things to say but it's really just a conversation and you're just very easy to talk to thank to you. be honest thank you very much i told justin today i was like justin I'm tapping you, baby. I want you on the show. And he was like, oh, my God, it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, oh, nobody special. But it's just like, I love asking people to do something that maybe they didn't think they would be doing. You know, for like every single person I have on, generally, this is the first time they've been on a podcast, literally. Oh, absolutely. Like, what do I do? Like, what's the magic word? What's the, what are the questions? <laughs> well, I, I asked you, I was like, I was like, are you going to give me any questions that you're going to ask before so I can have things prepared? You're like, nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I was like, I think I told my mom that. I was like, he's not giving me any questions before him. She goes, oh, boy. <laughs> She's like, who knows what's going to come out of your mouth? I was like, That's I know. Part, man. You know, it's, I don't. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm surprised I kept my, like, cursing to, like, a minimum. Actually, me too. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> that's probably like my biggest problem in the professional world is I just have a big really? potty mouth. Really? Like, wow. I never would have. You've, you've really kept it straight laced with me then. I mean, it's only our second well, conversation. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny. <laughs> We're going to do this. Okay. I'm going to put this out there because we got to do this. So I'm going to invite you to be on one of my uh, episodes. It's called Good Time Charlie. And. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my buddy named it and it's basically an episode of me drinking with my buddies and like really oh. unscripted I mean it's unscripted but it's just kind of like you know we're drinking and every time I drink with my buddies we have like these crazy weird conversations and people like cursing <laughs> like sailors me I mean I'm not as bad but like I get a couple f-bombs in there here and there and like it's the funny we always play it back we always record our conversations when we're drunk and it may be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life every time. I'm like crying every time I play it back. I love it. I mean, if I could record some of my conversations with my friends, I'm sure like we'd laugh, but I don't know if other people Oh, would. no, they believe me, they will. The people, who cares? All right. Who cares if they don't laugh? It's just one person has to laugh at it or something, you know? Well, I'm, I love it. Like, so like, well, that's very foul to show you. You're a fitness professional. You're on your own company. Why are you putting that out? I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Wow. Like having yeah. a good time. I wanted to say something else when I said that. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if that happens, I have to put explicit on the. You can have like an explicit tab on the on the podcast. I like yeah. put it out ahead of time. You know, like there will be cursing on this podcast. <laughs> like, don't have your children no, listen to it. <laughs> but I think I think you know what you convinced me. And all this time we're talking. You're good enough for good time, Charlie. I made it. <laughs> Just levels, you know? Man. So we're going to be on a show, and uh, I'm going to be like, Lauren, you got to start. I don't know if you I don't even know if you drink, but I don't know. Whatever you do. I do. So I'm be like, Lauren, I we're do. do a shot to start off the show. <laughs> and then, Perfect. you know, we're going to be popping some bottles. We're going to be drinking, and we're just going to see where it goes from there, you know, like. And it's going to be called Good Time Charlotte. And I tell people, like, listen, I have no clue what this episode's going to be about. It's literally just (laughs) me drinking with my friends and, uh, you know, good times. Couldn't even (laughs) tell you. Love it. (laughs) I love it. Planets and, you know, star systems and, you know, like, hey, man, you know, it's like. (laughs) And I want people to see the real me. That's it. I'm like, I'm not hiding anything. Yeah. You know. I mean, because if you if you think about it, like you're connecting with these people all over the world, and you're in like the furthest point possible from me. Yeah, so. they want opposite sides of the country, and honestly, I don't. I just, you're probably you're probably sitting on the beach. I'm looking out at the rain I mean, right my now. House is actually, looking out of my backyard, but it was like, uh, I don't know, man. I want to be my authentic self, and I think for a long time in my life, I I tried to hide that from people. And I was like, oh well, you know, yeah. uh, I you know I don't really hang out and party and. Um, you know, I don't speak this way. No, I do. I, I like a good, sh- I like a good Jaeger shot, you know, many, Ooh. <laughs> uh, I love a good cocktail. Um, I live in Washington state, which has had legalized marijuana forever. I smoke weed. I don't care. Um, just how it is. Man. <laughs> there you go. You're full I'm gonna on. Be so. me. And as I told my business partner, like we go in these meetings with you know, these, you know, high big executives and I walk in there with, you know, my fade and I have like designs in the side of my head. And then I have this big blonde strip, you know, this black guy having all this stuff. I'm like, if you don't want to do business with me, you can go screw yourself. This is me. 
Right. Take me for me. Right. And you're, you know, and you're going to get the realest people. You're going to get well. real, real deal. And uh, the last podcast I taped, which was like a couple of days ago, we were drinking beer during it. It was great. And uh, if you listen to it, you'll die laughing because the first part, it was like she starts telling me about like, you know, Prosecco and dementia, like it comes with dementia. <laughs> and I was taking a huge chug of my beer. And she goes, what do you think about that? And I go. I don't know. I didn't hear what you said. I was literally like, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, sorry. Missed yeah, that. I, I missed that. Sorry. Uh, you know, so uh, you are worthy of that episode. Ah, yes. Love it. I made those it. those of you out there, you have a very good, difficult time getting on that episode. I promise you. That is reserved for the special Man. Not only did I make the podcast, I made the, the good, good time good Charlie, Charlie podcast. Woo. Well, I'm taking a couple of those. This is a good this this is a good this Thursday. Is a great Thursday. So I'm gonna contact you about setting up Good Time Charlie. Uh, the only problem is though is Can't like, wait. the time zone. So like you're gonna have to stay up later because you know I got okay, you. okay, because I gotta start, you know, different time zones here, you know, like <laughs> You know, um, but I just think authenticity is very important to me. And I don't I don't like when people come to me and they hide these things about themselves. You know, I'm like, just be yourself with me. Man. No, you know. Yeah. And I think I think you can very much tell when people aren't being themselves. I don't like when people don't have like a mind of their yeah. own. Like if you like the color red and I don't like be real, you like the color red. Like, don't try to like change it because I don't. Yeah, no, no, it's. You know, I, I'm going back to Las Vegas over the weekend here to uh, have some business meetings. And then I, I always hang out with some of my really good friends there. And um, it's basically a degenerate city most of the time. <laughs> Honestly, it is. And uh, I, will, I will start wrapping this up with this. This is pretty funny. I don't know if you've done this before, but maybe it's a, maybe it's a goal of yours in life. Okay. Oh, now we're getting back to my goals. Let's I'm gonna do add it. To your list of goals, <laughs> and everybody listening, this is a very degenerate thing to do. But it's a very just short list. Me, so I'm gonna kidding. be myself. <laughs> if any executives listen to this, I'm sure you're doing something too. So don't don't act like you're not doing stuff, man. You know, you're drinking <laughs> bottles of wine at night. Get out of here. You know. But uh, so last time I was there, we did uh, we did this thing called the strikeout. Do you know what it is? No. You said no. Okay. No, yeah, no. It's surprising, you know. You just came from college, whatever. <laughs> so, only forty-year-old degenerate <laughs> stuff like this. So, basically, what you do is you take a big, you take a big hit of weed, and then you chug, you chug, not chug. Sorry, you do a shot, and then you chug a twelve-ounce beer, and then you blow out the smoke after that. Yeah, <laughs> I did it last time. All right, it, it halfway killed me, but I survived. If any of my college friends are listening to this, they know what's going to happen next time yeah, we all yeah. hang out. It's actually pretty amazing. <laughs> and uh, it's, it like takes you to a whole nother level. I promise you I'll be doing it on Saturday. Guaranteed. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope, I hope you make it through this I'm one. I'm going to make it. I, listen, I'm a gamer. I always get to, I always stand back up. You know, I'm good. I've fallen a few times, but I'm good. You know, that's I'm going to be fine. I'm happy so for that's, you. That's a new goal. Whether you do it or not, you know, it's fine. But, uh, on my list. And a lot of people about are learning things about me they literally have no clue about. If they start listening to this, <laughs> they're gonna be like the people listening to this and be like, "Who is this guy Dr. now?" D, <laughs> this is this stuff he's talking about. I, this networking guy was like nice to everybody. <laughs> like, 
You can you can blame it on talking to the twenty four year old. One of my best friends is twenty five, and uh, he's a real degenerate when it comes to this stuff, man. I was like, I'm like, yeah, but you're like twenty five. I'm forty one. I probably shouldn't be doing the same thing you're doing, but you know. Like, <laughs> Amazing. Yes, no you problem. can. What am I gonna do? Age is age is just, a, just number. a number. But I can promise everybody out there that the stories are gonna start billowing out over time, especially over Good Time Charlie's. I have some of the most amazing stories in anybody's life, I promise you, of hanging out. Like, legendary stories. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear them. You know, it's got to be the right time to share stuff like that. Of course. You know? Of course. Well, Lauren, it has been an amazing pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. I so much appreciate you having me on. Of course. This is going to go down in history, man. Tell <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, I can't. Honestly, I'm just very excited to see where everything like takes me yeah. to, and like everything that you've been like giving me and stuff like that. The advice, the people, the contact, and everything like that. Being on this podcast, like I'm just super excited. I mean, anybody who hears this, feel free to reach out to me. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, Lauren's contact information is in the show notes, and. Uh, so you can reach her there and all of her social media channels. And uh, you will not see her on Instagram taking pictures in a bikini. Uh, posing. <laughs> um, she'll probably be very sweaty. And, uh, yeah, super sweaty with my friends. Probably not, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all that stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. The real, the real her. But when I blast this out on my LinkedIn and stuff, she's given me some pictures, which are very nice pictures of herself. <laughs> they are all of my basketball headshots. Yes. So she 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 gave me very polished things for, but she will be yeah. very unpolished from here on out. I promise. And apparently, <laughs> she's going to be cursing the next time, so I don't know. So, oh man, <laughs> you did a good job today. Oh Mom. god, thanks, Harry. Thanks for having no me. No problem. We'll talk another time. All Sounds right. good. Bye.